Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Clips. And today, we're going to be talking about a bunch of games we've been playing lately. Then we're going to do a All showdown. of games. A showdown between Longshot the Dice pew, Game pew, pew, pew. and Ready, Set, Bet. Bet. So thanks for joining us for episode 117. All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean. And, you know, Dean is protesting our own. He has protest signs up right now. He's just, he's, they say family friendly podcast. And he's marching about and he's saying, I hate John and he is ruining Meeple Town. <laughs> That's what's happening right now. All right, so, am I protest- protesting because I want. Yes. To, to not uh-huh. be family friendly? Is that what you're saying? Or I no. want us to be more family friendly. Is someone at your house right now? Did you hear the door? The <laughs> it's the neighborhood kids, I think. So I tell my boys to get it if it rings. Here's the fun thing, Meeple Town. Dean and I live 15 minutes apart from... No, no, no. Nay. 10 minutes apart from each other. And yet we're recording remote because it just didn't work out this time. I'm in my PJs <laughs> still. It's two in the afternoon. You have not gotten out. You've just worked from home all day. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm off for the next like uh, I get uh, two weeks off during this this break time. So I'll still go into the office a little bit, but not like consistently. It's just going to be whenever I whenever I want to and can make it in. Pretty much. Dean's, you're protesting, Dean, back to the question that you had um, because last episode sparked a lot of conversations about how apparently I'm the evil doer. That's trying to. Hello, and welcome to Meeple Town. <laughs> I'm just gonna let it rain. <laughs> I bet Sorry. it's like driving him. I bet it's driving Dean crazy right now. You should see his look on his face. Oh, it doesn't bother uh, me. The kids I'm should go playing. get it, but I don't think they can hear it. But it sparked a lot of conversation that I am an evil doer trying to take down the family friendliness of Meeple Town, and Dean yeah. is the knight in shining armor, and only says what's right. What, what do you think people think about this, though? I would already you, know what people think about it. They think that it, I'm hilarious, and it's hilarious <laughs> to, to your react, and you're hilarious when it, you react the way you do. We had one person say that, I think, right? Maybe that's what all of our show is based on: is me like trying to pull the brakes, and John like, we're not going far enough. That's what. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is oftentimes lately it's been me laughing at. I just laugh. Like you say something and it's funny and I laugh. And then apparently I'm the bad guy for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is quite comical. I think I kind of feel like, uh, what's, uh, Kristen Wiig's character. Like, well, basically like all of her characters on SNL. Um, but her target character is the one I'm thinking of where she's just like shocked by things and she's like grabbing onto the rails. That's what I feel like when John says these things and I'm like pumping the brakes and tell him to slow down, simmer down there, John. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> That's all. I just wanted to say that. And I'm Johnny clip because we're, you know, we're recording like apart across town and all of a sudden these mics are hot. Yeah, mine's turned down all the way. I have no idea. The problem with this 
is and and we don't we don't do this enough to do enough research to know what's the best route but we use Zencaster for this and usually we turn our mics down all the way and then it's really low when we get the recording I don't know it's coming in super hot so I don't know if that's going to record that way or what's going to happen but we'll we'll see this might be awful there you go hey there you go merry christmas christmas to all those people who are celebrating that in a few yeah, this week Happy Hanukkah to our friends, and uh, yeah. Or just in general, if you're just off of work because you're a teacher or somebody works in- Enjoy it. Education, you know? Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. It's good. I'm ready to talk about games because we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, so I need to I need to issue an apology. Oh, we're not ready. Okay. Because, okay. because Christmas is so close and there's so many things going on, it's- <laughs> I'm not going laugh. to get it. I refuse. I hear the doorbell ring. It's what the crazy thing is is if they can't hear it, like on the recording on the podcast, it's not going to be as fun. But it will be fun if every time that rings, if you can imagine Dean's brow furrowing. Just <laughs> <laughs> like these kids are relentless. <laughs> the kids these days. Uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> you were going to say that you didn't do a poll. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. That's I didn't that's do it. a poll. <laughs> yep, I completely forgot, and that's it. So we're going to, which is okay today, actually, because we are going to go fast. It's going to be one of those days where we just do a bunch of podcast, uh, podcast, a bunch of board games and just go bang, 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 bang. We could do a bunch of podcasts and then be set until like March or April. No, I, that's we not could, a terrible We idea. couldn't do the newest hotness, and that's what all the kids want. <laughs> it is. We're actually do, doing some new hotness today too. So kind of some, some, not not all, not all. Actually, I mean, not a lot, maybe. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, just one or two, maybe. I, and I wouldn't. Could. I wouldn't even say it's new hotness anymore. We're about one a day these, dollar short. One of these is, I, I think, is maybe newer. still. Uh, actually, I would, I would say newer. two. Two of these are the new hotness. One of them is the hottest game on the hotness list of BGG right now. Seriously? Yeah, you haven't played this. It's one that I've played. Oh, I know. You know why it's so hot? That's why it's named Heat. I was gonna. I just spelled that. I just spoiled that, not spelled it. For you. <sighs> you spoiled the game and my joke. That you spoiled. You later. spoiled the fact that I didn't do a poll. Not so <laughs> <hour> even. <laughs> <laughs> You're I've turning been... this on me. You're the one who didn't do a poll. <laughs> um, Speaking of poll, yeah. poll position. We're talking about heat, huh? Man, if we were transitioning to that one as the first one, that would be perfect. I just, I don't understand how y- you can say this is family friendly and start talking. Never mind. The, All right. There we go. Let's go. go. No, I'm, I'm stopping. That's too much. All right. Yeah. Yep. You go. Yep. All right. So John and I, if you if you were on our Discord, I don't think we posted this on social media, but if you're on the Discord, you might know that John and I were in a wedding together, which oh yeah doesn't happen very often, right? Ever. He, Maybe ever. He was the best man, and mm-hmm. I was the minister. So he's closest to the groom, and I'm closest to God. That's <laughs> that's true. Although they had it reversed, so I was kind of closest to the bride because they had the parties switched. You know. Anyway, but we had a long break, about two and a half hours of them doing wedding photos that we weren't a part of, and so we just got to sit. And that's never fun, is it? It's the not photo, the photo section. No, no, it's photo not. Time. If you're in them now, if you're having to wait 
and there's a long enough break where you can play games, then it's not so bad. Because somebody foolishly said, Dean, do you have any games? I, I, that was I. And I laughed. Of course I have games. I always me. have games. So I, I didn't. I brought some. I actually brought like three or four. How many did we play? One. One. But we played that one for, I don't know, two and a half, three hours. It was a long time. You were playing it before I got there. Oh, okay. Okay. So you didn't play it the whole time, but we played a bunch of games of Skull. Skull is one that John talked about. John, you love this game. You've all, you've talked about this quite a bit in the past. No, I love it for certain scenarios. If you were if we were hanging out with a bunch of dudes that played board games and someone said, "Let's play Skull," I would say no. Let's play something much better, like more interesting than that. But if we're hanging out with a bunch of dudes or gals that don't really play games much and don't feel like learning something complicated and you just want to hoot and holler, then absolutely, it's a blast. Yes. And and this was the crowd to do that. So the guy whose wedding that uh, that we were in, he's a gamer. He, he likes to play lots of board games. And uh, he actually brought a game by Raccoon Tycoon for me to borrow, but I still haven't had a chance to play it. It's awful. But, <laughs> it's terrible. I think I'm going to like it, actually. I, I, my brother bought it and we play it. And I was like, that's I have no idea why it's gotten so popular because it's a pretty popular game. Yeah. Yeah. You're going anyway, to end up with Lizard Wizard. Maybe so. Maybe so. So he he did not play games. He was not in the mood to play games that day. He was a little preoccupied. So we brought this out for the guys. Some of them enjoy games. My intern was in the wedding and he enjoys games. Uh, a couple of the other guys, not as much. But we played Skull and they all loved this game so much. <laughs> so in Skull, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a lying game. It's a game... Not, it's it is a bluffing game where you it's are a bluffing game. It is, it is, but it's not like and push your luck. It's more push your luck, it seems like, than it is bluffing. But but basically, you have you have four coasters in your hand. One of those is a skull. The rest are flowers. You are going to on your turn either place one of those in front of you, or you're going to pick a number. You're going to challenge everybody else. And when you challenge everybody else, you're going to let's say I pick three. Then I'm going to flip over all the coasters that are directly in front of me and then continue to go around until I hit a skull, which makes me lose or flip over all flowers matching the challenge number that I had. And if I do that, then I'm going to win. You have to win twice to win the game. And we just kept playing this over and over and over again. And you know what? The last game I won, John, I won the first time I've ever won at this game. And I've played a decent amount, but I'm usually pretty bad at it. Bad enough that I actually flip over. <laughs> Were you in that game where I, I I bid four, which was everybody's, but I put a, a skull down right in front of me? Yeah, I was in that game. That's <laughs> so if you, yeah. <sighs> Dean I forgot wrong, that he. I put the wrong coaster down. Yeah, that was awful. As yeah. soon as you did that, I was like, yeah, I know why you don't win very much. <laughs> I'm usually pretty good at the game and I did not do well. I did not do well. <laughs> <laughs> those kids that's ring uh, number four i think yeah i was i decided to play more risky this time and it didn't pay off yeah well the last game it, we i didn't think anybody was going to win honestly we just kept losing over and over and over again and so we got pretty pretty down to the wire and there was one guy in particular that always i mean always put down his skull first and then would would get everybody he would trip everybody up but then yeah. later in the game 
on I think on the one that I won, I took a risk that he didn't do that and I I won. So so it was nice. I, I enjoy this one. It is perfect for that type of setting where you can teach the game pretty quickly. It's got some nuances that are a little tricky, but overall, you know, not a lot of components. It's 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 a good one. I like it. It is a perfect bar game when you're out with friends. Yeah. I mean, more than like two, more than like one friend. If you're sat with one of your friends, you want, but if you, I mean, you can just throw it down on the bar at a table uh, and hoot and holler. It doesn't take up hardly any table space. And there is ne- probably not a better game, in my opinion, especially when it's loud and a yes. lot of things are going on and you're just like, hey, let's try to play something. You can just, it's just fun. And if you get interrupted, because I think there were a couple of times where we got interrupted. Sure, it doesn't take matter. Pictures and yeah, you can just come back to it. It's nice. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So there it is. Skull. Skull. Oh, speaking of Skull, John and what I would, got what would you What would you oh. rate that? It's kind of tough. You almost have to do a split rating on this, or I do anyway, because it's, you know, by itself, um, I don't know, probably six and a half, seven, something like that. But but then when you think about specific situations, it's yeah. it's... I mean, it really is a like a nine or a ten, you know, I'll in the that, sense yeah. that I'll pick that game that's, every time for that setting. That's why I split the difference. I'd give it an eight out of ten. That's probably right. That, which yeah, is maybe. like I would I would recommend it, but it will be certain situations. It's not going to be all the time. But in certain situations, it would be one of my number one choices. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Hoot and holler. I think this made your list, if I remember right, or something. One of those type of lists that we did. I think it did. Funny thing is, Dean, I was talking to. Ben Austin at church the other day, and he said that he used to make a hoot and holler cake. Oh, really? Okay. I thought, okay, there's a lot of people that use that. For it. So we should, next time we do a hoot and holler list, ask Mr. Mr. Ben if he could make us hoot and holler cake. While we do our list? I like That'll that. That'd be fantastic. Okay. Just so everybody knows, Ben Austin is, how old is Ben? 81 or two. Okay. Um, so it, it may be a phrase that often was used for people of Ben's age, not as much for people our age, maybe. Ooh, I'm going to tell him that you said that. Okay. I, don't I know think that's that fair, matter. right? That's fair. <laughs> he's still teaching sociology. Yes. So. He's been teaching for 50 <laughs> years, I think. Very right? brilliant man. Yep. Yeah. Isn't it fun how like in Tennessee and in the South, you can be brilliant and still use terms like hoot and holler and yeah. country is get out. But the the brilliance is there because he really is a very, very intelligent man. He is. He was teaching when I was in school, but I never had him. My wife did, if I remember right. Anyway. There you go. Okay. Speaking Thanks. of Skull, I'm, I'm jumping into Skull King, John. All right. John and I got to play a bunch of games uh, together. Uh, I don't know, but like a week ago, a week and a half ago, something like that. Pulled out Skull King because a game that I really enjoy, which I'm not going <laughs> to, it was hard for me to teach John Skull King without talking about a game called Bid, which is just using a regular deck of cards. Well, John has never played Bid, but I kept making references to Bid as if he had played it before. That made you pretty happy, I think, right? You enjoyed being taught two games at one time. <laughs> Literally, Meeple Town, just so you could experience <laughs> the whole time he is trying to teach me the rules. He's saying things like, yeah, but in bid they do this. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> I'm so confused right now. I don't give two rats what they do in bid because you're telling me this rule and then telling me, but they don't do it this way in bid. And my mind is going, 
what's happening right now? <laughs> but we've been talking about trick-taking games a decent amount because we played several Christmas ones recently. And so I've been, I've been wanting to get this one to the table. This one's a little bit different because you are bidding on how many tricks that you're going to take. You can play this two to... Uh, hold on one second. Let's two see. to eight. I've got it here. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Two to eight players. You can play this one. And uh, two players, it works really well. You have a dummy player, which I'll talk about in a minute. But basically... You first, everyone starts off with one card and you're going to see who can take the trick. So if you think I'm going to get this trick, you'll bid a one. And if you get it, you're going to get 20 points. If you don't get your bid, you're going to lose 10 points per whatever your your bid was. I'm probably going to get some rules mistaken just on the scoring and all that. But Just like usual. But I think that's right. Um, and what was I saying? Um, <laughs> that's the second got, time me or you have said what was i saying that's right what is that's it right. what is this like we're really being able to look in each other's eyes this time and <laughs> i think always, we're distracting one another because there's a lot of beauty i do always get thrown off it's not by the beauty it's by the like knowing whether or not to look at the screen at you or to actually pull up pictures of the game it makes it a little more challenging because i'm not i don't have both of them pulled up Mm. okay so you're gonna get 20 points per trick that you get um you're gonna lose 10 points um oh if you if you bid later on in the game so you play 10 rounds of this so eventually you're gonna have 10 cards in your hand so later on in the game you might bid like five and you get six well you're gonna get 20 per one that you get right but you've got to get it exactly right um otherwise you're gonna lose 10 points Mm-hmm. per the ones that you um, are off by, which is, so, is quite the challenge. It's crazy because you would have gotten 100 points. And that's there's more to it, but base 100 points if you got all five right. But since you got six, you get negative 10. Mm-hmm. So in your face, sucker, you should have got it right. Yeah, but now there are some, some ways to help you with scoring points. So yep. along with just that, there are some cards that are actually worth points. You're, um, you have a uh, Skull King, which can take everything except... Um, yeah, it can take everything except a mermaid can also take a Skull King if it's played against it and you'll get points based on which one you're taking with those, which can give you a lot of points. You can get a whole lot of points if you're just, you know, going crazy and taking everything. Well, that's I think that part of it is interesting because there's only just straight up points on the 14s, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. That's right. But like mermaids can score points if they capture which one? This, Skull King? I think it's I Skull King, yeah. And if the pirates capture the mermaid, then you get points for that, I believe. And I think that that's a, I know you're kind of explaining it, but I think that's a really interesting dynamic to where it's not just like, boom, here's a point card. It has to be played at the exact right time to be able to get the points and capture the points, which I thought was kind of really, really smart. Yeah, and it and it can mean that you could potentially. So in bid, uh, I know you've never played bid, John, but let me just say one thing. Oh my gosh, I should have called myself Johnny Bids. Bid is essentially this game without the special cards. If you get so far ahead in that game, you're nobody's going to catch up with you. The cool thing about this one is you can get extra points based on those special cards that really helps with, with the catch-up mechanism, right? Um, you were pretty far ahead in this game, but it wasn't a guarantee. And in fact, I did come back and win on that last hand, correct? Do you see what's happening? I see. I see. My Who won that game? Is, my face keep, is melting. You keep track of these games. Did I win that one? Oh, yeah. See, he just he 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 doesn't usually bring up the scores when he loses, does he, Meepletown? That's that is right. I, well, I did say. Well, <laughs> no, did, I did actually. win. I did win. Yeah, skull, you've so, brought yeah. up two games so far and <laughs> bragged about winning both of them. 
<laughs> I better not talk about any other ones after this, probably. Uh, uh, oh, actually, yes, I've I, won a lot of these. Not all of them, but <laughs> I know, and I and I feel like I've been like winning a lot lately, but just not these. Yeah, you, you, we'll talk about your wins later on. Yeah, one day. Um, but yes, I had a fairly significant league going into like hand seven or something. And then Dean kept chipping away and I kept missing by like one and I'd lose 10 points or whatever. And he won. So yeah, now it's, it's, it's hard to guess it exactly. Right. It is now the tricky part in a two player game. I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it at two. Like if you're just buying this for two, although I think it's fun at this player count, if you're only buying it as a two player trick taking game, there's better, there's better games than that. I think, but in, in the two-player game, there's a variant where you can add a third player, and all the third player does is just throw a card into the mix. It doesn't, it doesn't have to match up with, with Trump like normal people do. It's just if it throws something in there to take it, it's, it's screwing you over. That happened way more than we anticipated it did. It happened a lot, right? It did. You got to be yeah. ready for it. So it really it ended up helping me, I think, if I remember right on that last hand where it took one that John needed to get, and then that ended up helping me boost me into the win. So did I mention I won this game? I, I can't remember. I'm taking your role. Can we talk about you, another game you, that You're I usually won? the one that sighs into the mic. <laughs> How about you I talk about, about one more game that I won, and then oh probably gosh. I don't think I won any of the other ones. How about okay. that? Okay. Is that fair? Do Beer and want. Bread. Beer and Bread was a two-player only mm. game. That is by designer Scott Alms, art by Michael Menzel. And this is, I don't, it's not quite out in the U.S. yet, but I found a used copy in the geek market. What were you about to say? I was about to say that it was about beer, which for some reason you like games about that. Uh, Bread, which I think you're cool with that type of stuff. And it has Michael Menzel art. So 10 out of 10, right? Yeah. I think so. I mean, it it's, was on my list of, of it's brown. Uh, most anticipated. I mean, did I did I mention the cover was brown? <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what you want to see. Yeah. Is brown is brown one of your favorite colors? It's mustard, actually. Like Dwight Schrute. No, it's brown. Shirt color it's mustard. All because of all the duties. Oh my goodness! How, John went from mature audiences only to like four-year-olds are going to love him on this show. Okay. Let me, let me, let me actually pause this for just a moment to tell a quick story. Oh gosh. Um, a lot of times as dads, when we have younger kids, we like to make, you know, poo-poo jokes and stuff and we blame it on the kids. We, Oh, it's cause I have three boys. That's what I almost said right then. But I got with a group of grown men the other day. These men ranged the 30s and 40s and um, had a little bit of a bourbon test t- tasting. Dean was not there. And then we went to play a game. And it was a game, I can't remember what it's called, but it asks a question on the screen. So this is kind of gamey. It's on Steam. And someone's probably screaming it out right now or will. They ask a question and then you answer it on your phone. And basically every question goes head to head with two players. So the question says, you know, what is your favorite time of year? And then it randomly selects two people to answer that while everybody else is answering other questions. And you would think with 30 to 40 year old men, one, a doctor like has a doctorate 
that we would have wise answers. They would be well thought out, <laughs> maybe even Seinfeldisque, right? You know, like, hey, that's clever. It devolved almost, Frazier, probably. Oh, okay, almost entirely into body part and poop jokes. Sounds about right. There's no surprises here. I mean, it was unreal. And like, I held out for the first round, but I needed the votes. So I thought <laughs> it got stinky. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I am going to lower my morals uh-huh. and my intelligence to try to win this thing. And I still lost miserably. So Was it worth it in the end? Uh, no, it wasn't because no. I thought I could have come up with some better stuff. But some better anyways, poop jokes? Mm-hmm, yeah, I got to work okay. on. I got to work on them. So I didn't want to say that. I do. Th- I asked some of the guys. I said, "Man, have a couple small drinks of bourbon." We didn't have too much or anything, and everyone lets their inner child out, and they were like, "It had nothing to do with the bourbon. We're all just a bunch of twelve-year-old, twelve-year-olds <laughs> in thirty and forty-year-old bodies." <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. The philosophical discussion, huh? Oh boy. Okay, so back to beer and bread. <laughs> I don't know how to come out of that, but beer and bread, you are, uh, you have cards in your hand, you got resources on the board and the cards in your hand are multi-use. And so basically on your turn, you're going to play a card and do things. You're either going to take resources, you're going to put the card into your tableau so that you can build this engine, or Mm -hmm. you can spend your resources to make beer or bread and put it into your bakery or brewery. And that's it. Um, you have like this wet season and dry season where you're going to get more or less resources. And also the way that you play your cards is different in the dry season. You're going to play only the cards in your hand in the other um, fruitful season. You're going to pass the cards back and forth. So I'll play a card, pass them over to John. He plays a card, same thing. Okay. But ultimately what you're trying to do is you're trying to make the most beer and bread or get the most money for those. And at the end of the game, you're going to add up your points from your stacks that you've completed. Also, there's some end game scoring from the different cards that you've put into your tableau. And you take both of those, look at them, and whichever one scored the least, you're going to score those points. Mm-hmm. And that person's going to be the winner, which I, I, I was me, I think, right? Did I win this game too? Oh my too? gosh. So, oh my God. You, you actually absolutely destroyed me in this game i did i did i could it. not manage my little hut or whatever well at all what do you think about this one do you like it not like it what did you like so here i i was really looking forward to this one dean you know that like as you were too like it's a two-player game the idea of making beer and bread sounded really cool and i knew that it was multi-use cards i love all of those things honestly um i thought that the multi-use card decisions were interesting I thought it was interesting on, you know, should I take resources or should I build this kind of engine where um, I get more resources? You know, throughout the game, if I play a wheat, then I get another wheat or whatever. Uh, or maybe I should expand, you know, my storage, which I should have, obviously. And I didn't. And Dean took all those cards. <laughs> it really helped him out and really hurt me. Um, and I, while I'm playing, I'm like, I should really like this. But I think I'm kind of farmered take these resources to you know fulfill this contract or you know what i mean or to bake this bread i've got this wheat and this and that i'm kind of that out right now sure i've I've played so many games like this like i thought it was a i thought it was a clever game i thought it was a fine game i'd probably give it like a six and a half out of ten or something like i'm i'm probably not really like i just it's kind of forgettable 
when it shouldn't be maybe for me. Maybe I need to play it more, but I don't really want to. But it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, the problem, I guess the problem with this is it's a little bit limited by being just a two-player game. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily offer a whole lot more than what's already out there, you know? that's But it's done fa- well, right? Like, I yeah. think that if I yeah, would have yeah. got this game, like, early on in my gaming, you know, whatever, like when I started playing games, I might really like it and be playing it all the time. But I think I've just done these mechanics enough and it doesn't come together in anything. Like it's not really thematic, right? Um, I don't know, Dean. It doesn't come together. It is, it's just fine. It's fine game. If you want to play it, I would say, I'd probably really play something else. But if you really say, come on, this is good. I'll, I'll play it and I'll have a fine time. Yeah, I think one of the things that we talk about the most is is that resource, the being flooded with resources that we just we never had a problem yeah. getting those. And that it was more about getting too many and managing that part of it. Yes, and that's part of the design is is yeah. like you know, that's that's what 100%. we came to the conclusion. And I, yeah. I can't imagine otherwise that they were like, Oh, we didn't know that you're gonna get this many resources. They're very aware. But what happens is you get the overflow of whatever I have, and so you have to manage that. I don't want to get too many to give you things, but also if you're getting too many, you might not, you might not be the most, well, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because you, you do need enough that the cost of building, the, of making the beer or making the bread is pretty expensive. Like you have to spend a lot of resources mm-hmm. for those. So you really do need to get that many. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Something about that just didn't connect with me either. Now, I do think we probably didn't play it optimally. And I think that even though I feel like I scored a decent amount of points, especially with those in-game scoring cards, and I went heavy in those in-game scoring cards, and I went heavy in the extra resource spots so that I can carry some over. And then I'm also producing more resources whenever I get a certain type of resource. So that that kind of helped me out a lot. But you went heavy in just getting a bazillion resources, which is what you would think you would normally do in, the, no. in a game like this. And it didn't really pay off. Not at all. Yep. Yeah. I would play it a hundred percent different next time, but yeah, I, I don't want anyone out there to think that I thought it was, a, it's a, it's a well-designed game. It's uh Scott Alms, right? Yeah. The tiny, yeah. Epic, uh-huh. all these. And like, I seriously, like I think he did a great job designing the game. I just don't think it brings anything to the table that makes me want to, like keep playing it that I haven't seen a bunch and it's not in that much of a different package. And I'm like, mm, okay. Yep. Yep. Agree I agree with that. With that. I'll, I'll hold on to it for a little bit. Cause I do want to get some more plays and see maybe, maybe we're kind of missing something in there. Maybe. Yeah. But, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know where I'm, I'm probably a little bit, I don't know, maybe like a seven. Yeah. Probably about a seven on this one. So maybe a little bit higher. Than it's, you, it's 7.6 on BGG though. There's not many ratings yet. So there's a lot of people that like it quite a bit and I totally understand. So, yeah, kind of a kind of a hotness thing that that came out not that long ago. So anyway, it is going to be coming from Capstone Games soon. It might even already be out at this point, but look out for that if that's interesting to you. There you Next go. one we played that day. I'm just running us through these, John. Okay. I hope that's all right. But yep. we played. This is this is the last game that we played of the day. We'll go back and talk about another okay. one, a solo game. This one is Kites, which is a. <laughs> 2022 release we had a few minutes left to wrap up this time and i said hey john let's play a game that will take us about five minutes says 10 minutes on bgg i don't even know if it takes that long in a two-player game although i say two-player really it takes about the same amount of time for all player counts so dean says let's play this game and i don't know anything about it i've never heard of kites at this point in time and he pulls out these timers 
and says it's a real time game. And I'm like, okay, but the art on the cover is really pretty. <laughs> Beth Sobel did it. And, and the cards the, are pretty, you know, the and, art and on the, the cards. Yeah. And I, like, nor, and the idea of like keeping kites flying was kind of cool. I thought like, I was like, oh, that's different. Right. You yeah. Uh-huh. And so I was actually at first like, what? And then I was like, oh, I kind of want to play this. <laughs> and the weight is like one. Yeah. Like it's like, it's, I can't remember what I, I had it pulled up here a second ago. Weighted at 1.13. Like it's, you can teach this to anybody. Yeah. This was a first time design um, by Kevin Hamano too, which is, which is pretty cool. The, so at this point I've played this game, I think 10 times now, something like that. I, I taught wow. it to, to some friends and played it, taught it to my wife and played it. Um, Anyway, so in this game, just real briefly, because really this is the whole thing, you're trying to keep these timers afloat, basically. You play a card, and if it matches the timer color, you're going to flip that timer. So there's, when I say keep them afloat, meaning you don't want any of the timers to run out. So once they all get going, you're basically juggling all of these balls, or timers in this case. Why are you you doing this to me, Tobias? (laughs) You're, You're juggling them, trying to make sure that the timers don't run out. And there's one, two, three, six of them, right? Yeah, six timers, um, all different times too. So you got red, orange, yellow, blue, purple, and white, which is like the rainbow color one. Um, the and they go thirty, forty-five, sixty, seventy-five, ninety, and then the white one is a sixty-second timer as well. So you're trying to balance all of those when they're going off at different times, which is really pretty cool. At the end, when when all and your the the object of the game is to get through the deck. When you get through the deck and everyone just has cards in your hand, then what you're going to do is then sorry the white timer just is gone. You cannot flip it over anymore at that. That's point. the hardest part of the game for sure. And then you're just flying through it. The funny thing yeah. is, so I was playing this with Stephen who listens to the show, and Stephen's like talking through his turns once you get to that point, and our friend Chris and I were like. Dude, stop talking. Just freaking throw the cards down. Yeah. That, <laughs> when I learned that, the first time I did the same thing, and I was like, wait a second, what are we doing? Just throw the cards down and play. Yeah. Yeah. Because throughout the whole game, you have to communicate. You have to, because you need to know like what's going on. Like, hey, the red timer's getting low. Somebody needs to flip it over. I don't have any red cards. I do. I can do it on my turn. So you're constantly doing that. Now, mm-hmm. the really cool thing is, John, when you start when you throw in those event cards. It is so fun and so much more hectic because the event cards will do, I, there's three event cards, uh, but there's, I think, four of each of them. One of them keeps you from talking. So you draw the card and then on your next turn, you don't say, <laughs> hey, I have this card, but on your next turn, you just play it. And then you say airplane and nobody can talk until it goes around a full round. There's one that makes you pass cards to each other, one to your right, one to your left, and everybody does that. And then there's one, which is the storm one. This one's the little, the most chaotic. So when you draw the storm card, you say storm is coming, but you don't play it until your next turn. And then you play it, and then you flip over every one of those timers, which you have to set yourself up for that because it could be that the timer's about to, um, you know, you just flip the timer over. And then you, if you immediately flip it back over and it was really low, then you could lose pretty quickly after that. So, it's but, a, but if you set up for that right, it might not be bad at all. Yeah, yeah. Which is this the whole thing. Game is a blast. Now, I will say, I've beaten it more than I have not beaten it. I, I'm trying to hmm. think. I think I've lost the, maybe three times hmm. out of the ten times that we play. Three or four, maybe something like that. 
But it's been a blast and so hectic and so tense the entire, every game that I've played, every single one. Okay, well, yeah, I'll offer a counter, a different experience. Um, I had a little Christmas party um, with some of the church folks the other night, and I brought the game out, and I think that they, I played like once, maybe twice. We, they played it, it took seven times, I think, to beat it. Took him seven times to beat it. Okay. Yeah. So like a totally different, like an experience where it was just very difficult to win. Um, because it's, it's kind of weird. Cause you're, you're always kind of the weakest link hurts you in this game. Mm. You could have four players that were really good and then have one person that keeps slowing it down or not playing the thing at the right time. And it, it, you know, it could really hurt you. Um, and I think that's kind of what was happening. Funny is I play it the next night with another small group of people and you know Jerry Sanders, of course, Dean. Yeah, he was there, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll play." And I'm like, "Well, come over here and play." He we couldn't reach over to the table because you can play like what six players or something. Six, that we yeah. said, uh-huh. yeah. But it just I was like, and he's like, "No," and he was like, "I can't reach it." And I'm like, "Oh, come, you can take my place. I don't want to play." And he's like, "No, go ahead." And I said, "Well, you, I'm I'm making you play next." And in the middle of the game, he was like, "I am not playing that because I am not going to get yelled at like this." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. It's like it's me and Selena. We're like red, red, orange, orange, orange is going low. And then the funny thing was, is he played. We played a second game, and he yelled the whole time, even though he wasn't playing. That's he kept saying purple, purple. I said, Jerry, you said you don't want to be yelled at, and you're not even playing, and you're yelling at people. And he started laughing. But can I say, surprise of the year, maybe. This is an excellent design. <laughs> was, it's so simple too. That's the funny I thing. Know. Like, how has this never been made before? What a I, great idea. I bought it the day I played it because I knew I had a party that night. And it was just like, this This isn't going to be like game of the year for me or anything. But in a party situation, like, so let's let people town know. A party situation where you don't want to have to explain rules and you don't mind real-time stuff. But co-op real-time, keeping kites afloat, so simple and so much fun. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you don't you don't necessarily love real time games either. There are some that you really enjoy, but it's not something that you're excited about. That's right. Yeah, That's exactly right. Wow, this is I don't know. This could make my top ten. I'm I'm not even really there at thinking about it. So I'm sure, you know, in a week I'm be like, no, it's not going to be on there because there's so many other good games. But this one is an excellent pick for that setting. Yeah, I'm the only thing that I'm, I'd give it an eight out of ten. Like I would recommend it. Like yeah. it's like it's yeah. really good. Um, I haven't played with the advanced stuff which could make i'm a little worried i'll kind of like beat it you know what i mean like with a with a with a specific group of people you know like if i have a group of people that we've played enough to where we're just really good at it and it's not really challenging anymore but all you have to do is have one or two newbies in there that haven't played it and they kind of be the weak links to make it interesting again yep here's the thing the sky's the limit (laughs) on this one on what you can add to that's the it's the cool thing like I would love to see an expansion for this. And I don't know oh, what that sure. looks like, yeah. but you could add all kinds of different cards in there and, and still be fun. Like kind of, you know, sushi go party where you mix and match what you put in there would be really cool. You can add more timers. You can add like faster sure. timers, like a 15 second, which would make it like Whoa. crazy. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so yeah. you can really make this game as difficult as you want through those expansions as it is. I mean, the games again that we won, 
we're so close. In fact, I, okay, let me say that. I said we, I think we beat it seven times. One of those we cheated, and if we didn't, I don't think we would have. It was the one of the guys thought that when you get to the end of the deck that you actually flip that rainbow timer over uh, and then yeah. start it. So no. I'm pretty sure we would have lost that one had we not flipped it over. But it was That's kind right. of, it was so hectic that we didn't go ahead and flip it back over. But there yeah, you go. what a blast. It You're was right. fun. Huge we, surprise. Yeah, I want to say though that we did have, so probably introduced it over the week, last week or so to about 10 to 12 people. And there were certainly a handful of people that said, this stresses me out. I don't want to play it. But so they didn't one, play it though, right? They did play it, and then they then they they were pretty much done. Gotcha. Okay. But okay. there were some that said there were some. There was probably only one or something that only played it once and then quit. But there were a couple other ones that said, like Selena was one. This stresses me out. But then she started liking it the more she played it. Yeah. Like it, I think you said that about your wife too, right? So she almost didn't play it with me because she she's kind of hit or miss with. She really likes Escape, um, the Curse of the Temple, which is real yeah. time, and it's pretty. It's really frantic. Um, she likes project elite, which is really frantic, but a lot of the other ones that we've played, she's like, no, it's too, too hectic. I don't, I don't love that. Um, and so this one, she was really reluctant to play. We lost. Yes, we lost. And then immediately she wanted to play again right after that. I can't remember if we won again after that. I think we may have, but anyway, I think she, she really enjoyed this one too. There you so, go. Kites. Anyway, that's that's one way worth checking out. That's kites. Now, yeah, John, I got it. I books a million for twenty bucks. Yep, that's so cheap. Well, I did too. In fact, so they were doing a buy one get fifty percent off there. I was actually going for um, green team wins. I was checking to see if they had it, which I really enjoyed. That we're actually not really talking about that one today, but it's a it's a really fun game. But I bought that and got this for ten dollars. So that was it was nice. I had no idea of picking up kites, but I'm real glad I did. All right. John go. taught me a solo game and then watched me play it, which is <laughs> weird, right? No, yeah. yeah. Tell us about this one. Lux, Lux Eterna. Lux Eterna. So this is a Tony Boydell design. You know, he did Snedonia is what he's most known for. And Dean and I love that. I mean, we talk about in our top 50 every year, I think, don't we? Sedonia Master Deluxe set. Every year Deluxe since we played it, yep. Yeah. I mean, I think yep. every year we play it, we love it. So uh, I, I saw this like, a year, a couple of years ago that he had done a solo game and it was also Capstone. Capstone released it, which I thought, okay, that's really cool because Frosted Games, number one, and then Capstone or something like that. And I like both of their games. And so um, I thought, wow, the art looks really cool. It has this 80s vibe to it, like kind of Atari looking, isn't it, Dean? Like it's simple and cool. And so in this game, interesting theme, I guess, you are flying in a spaceship that is shutting down and you are going towards a black hole if you do not get you know your several of your systems up and running you will suck into the black hole and a s eternity of singularity it's kind of horrifying the actual, that's what it says <laughs> yeah. that's what kinda, the rules say yeah Oof, yeah okay it's kind of horrifying and so what you do is it's it's all about uh, multi-purpose cards and managing them as quick, kind of quickly as you can. And so you have dice on six different systems and they're all set on two. Your goal is to get the die to go above six. When you do, then that system turns on and then you get some type of a bonus most of the time. There's occasional systems that say no effect. Um, alternatively, if it goes down to zero, then that system shuts down and there's a negative effect that's going to be added for the rest of the game. 
On top of that, you've got a little spaceship thing and you're headed towards a black hole. And if you ever get sucked into the black hole, well, what did I just say? You're, it sucks for you, right? So you get a hand of four cards and you have to pick one of four places to put them. One is energy uh, area, which is going to zap, like take a, take a pip away from, or two pips or whatever it says in the top right corner. It can be one, two. I don't think there's three from whatever die it is, uh, from whatever system it is. There's also a place where you're going to go towards the black hole a certain amount. And that's going to say one, two, or three, or zero. Something like that. And then there's going to be text that is just straight up an action, which might say add one to a die, or add two to a die, or flip a die from one side to the next side, or re-roll one of the die. And then finally, you can cash one of your cards, which means you can just leave it for next time. And they all cards have those four th- or those three things on them. And so you're trying to decide, okay, well, if I play this here for this action, oh no, but if I do, then I'm going to be stuck with taking three steps towards the black hole. That's a lot, you know? Um, or if I don't use that, then I'll use this here and I'm going to have to... I'm going to lose one of my systems because that's too many pips on the life system, life support system or whatever. And it is timed, uh, but the easy game is 15 minutes. And it's, in my opinion, way almost too much time, unless you've just not played games that much. Uh, 10 minutes is called the hard game, but it seemed about right. And that's it. You just flip the systems on. And the cool thing is, is it's just, you get a certain score every game and you can actually make your score basically wherever you put the ship in conjunction to the black hole is a big part of the score. Like if you put it one step away from the black hole, I think it's 91 points, which I don't know. That would be tough to get. <laughs> that's got to be impossible, right? I don't know is- if it's impossible. I, I mean, cause there's ways to get, there's cards and actions that get you to go backwards. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't that's say true. it's impossible, but I would say it would be very, very difficult, but I think that's cool because it gives you that, replayability plus the systems i think there's like five system cards and there's six different systems so the combinations of the way those come out are are really big the deck of cards are about the same you take out eight cards every time so that you kind of get used to the cards and which is actually helpful because knowing what the text is on these cards is really helpful i will say 15 minutes is a long time, more than what you're going to need. You know, that's that's super easy. But what it does is it helps you with the text on those uh, six, those six, whatever those cards are that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Because it's pretty text heavy for a for a fast game like this. Yeah, it's it's it is one, though, where like you played the second time around and you've got it all down. I think yeah. Yeah. like my, I read the systems. Yeah, just knowing, like you said, now that I would have played it, if I would play it again, I would feel like I'd know the cards a little bit better. Yeah, and if you just read the systems first and know like which ones, because there'll be a system that'll say like, okay, now you draw five cards. And so that might be one where you're like, okay, I need to get that one up as fast as I can so I can have a, you know, more choices on my card draws and stuff, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, as opposed to one that might not do as good or some of them have no effect and you turn it on, it gives you points for turning it on, but you'd want to do that one last if you possibly could. So now, what do you think about it? Playing background music. John played some background music, which Interstellar. made it even, Interstellar it made it even more tense than just playing the normal yeah. game. Of course, you have to in that, right? Yeah. I play that music every time. It, it, what do you think? Did you? What do you think about it? It's a cool game. Yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed this one. I, it's not one that I'm going to rush out to buy. And in fact, I think you said you can't really get it anyway. Um, but it's cool. I, I get why this would be... Uh, a go-to for a lot of people that want a quick solo experience, which yeah. I've talked about more recently of, 
several quick solo experiences that I've or quicker solo experiences. And this one's says six to 15 minutes, which is really, really nice. Um, yeah, yeah this, is a, this is a cool game. I like it. I thought I thought it was great. I thought I think it's really neat. I like how you what you said it's fast, so I will play in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um not too much setup and it's if I didn't have the music it wouldn't be as good. Like you want <laughs> to play some sci-fi music, right? Or some yep. like up tempo or something something that adds some fear, <laughs> I guess, yeah. to the game and get your heart racing a little bit. And when you do that, small box, like beautiful cards, nice chunky cards big old cards that look awesome i thought it was great i think tony just did a fantastic job with this game yep yeah I'd, I'd play it anytime it's a cool game it's maybe cool you'll game. get bored with it maybe i'll get tired of it but right now i'm having fun and i've played it <laughs> four or five times all right i'm going to talk about another fast-paced game Uh-oh. it's actually not a real-time game but this is one that i've played solo you've not played and i want to talk about now because i've played it a couple times solo and that is heat this is the uh, this is the new hotness from Days of Wonder. You know they release typically one big game a year, and this was this was it for this year. This is by uh, Asger Harding Granerud, uh, and this is the designer of Flam Rouge, Thirteen Days, Copenhagen, Deep Blue. So a lot of really good, a lot uh, of big games, a lot of a lot of big games for sure. So in Heat, you are. Let me see how many players you can play this. Sorry, I went back out of this screen. Uh, it's a racing game. Uh, for one to six players and it's got spots in the box for expansion stuff. So, you know, they're going to come out with more maps or going to come out with more um, play a higher player count. My guess is though, this will be an eight player game at some point. Uh, but basically everybody has their own player mats and on your, in your hand, you have cards that are different speed values. You have some that are stress cards, which I'll explain in just a second. And then you have some that are heat cards. Now, heat cards are just going to clog up your deck. So you need to cool them down by cooling them down, taking the cooldown action. You're going to take cards from your hand, heat cards, and then discard them back onto your engine, which is kind of weird because you're putting heat onto your engine. But really what it means is you're cooling off your, your car. So... Let's say I've got this in fourth gear. That means I'm going to play four cards from my hand, but there's different curves in this game. So when you go around a curve, it has a value and the value might be like three. Okay. So if I take that curve going three or less, I'm fine. But if I take it, let's say six, then I'm going to take three heat cards from my pile off my engine and put them into my deck. So I'm clogging up my deck. At some point, you only have most of these tracks. I think all these tracks have six heat cards that you start off with in your on your engine once you're done with those you spin out and bad things happen and you you take more stress into your hand so it's kind of it's it's kind of deck builder but you're not really building a deck it's it's kind of weird um, how that plays out um and uh so you have to be able to manage the heat that's the whole purpose of this game and you do that by having it in lower gear there's also um some cards that might potentially depending on how you set it up there's cards that could cool down your engine or whatever or if you're in last place you can just take a cool down action there's a a catch-up mechanism in here and and that's really it it's just managing your heat now i've played this solo a couple times just to learn the nuances of how to play the game i've I've yet to win this um i've come Mm. second both times but 
that's barely, barely in second. I mean, it's, it's difficult in the solo aspect of this, I think. And part of that is just like, I'm still learning the nuances of when to take a lot of heat and when not to, because you don't want to, and there is some pusher luck potentially in this. So I didn't mention this, but the stress cards, all it is, is a card that has a plus on it. So I might play a stress card. And when I do that, what I'm going to do is flip over my cards from my draw deck until I get a speed card. And then I go that amount of speed. And so you don't know exactly, you can have an idea of how fast you might go, but that's really bad if you're playing a stress card right before a curve and then you draw four. And now if I'm four over the speed limit through there, then I have to put heat on into my deck. So it's really a really clever card playing game but it's also not difficult. It's a pretty simple game, but the, I don't know. Figuring out those nuances is is quite the challenge. I think if you and I played this right now, you would destroy me because I don't have it figured out yet, <laughs> which I love. I want to keep doing it over and over again to figure this out. This is a really cool game, and I get why it's... Right now, it's the, the big hotness on BGG, and I've only played it solo, but the solo is super simple. It's just flipping one card over and moving all those cards based on based on the layout of the board and, and where they're positioned and all that. Is 8. this 8.1 hey, out of 8.1 out of 10 right now? Yeah. It's making a lot of people's list of their game of the year to at least, you know, top 10, not necessarily their favorite game. Oh, but Vincent Dutre art. Did you say that? I did not. I, okay, did, I, I meant to say did. that and I didn't make it that far. Yeah. Um, I love his art. Yeah. I also didn't oh. mention the other designer who's also co-designer on those other games I mentioned with, um, the main designer, but Daniel uh, Sold Peterson is is the other designer on this one. Is this? Do you have any interest in this one, John? Sure, I have. I mean, right now, I've been on a really serious solo streak. Just been really enjoying some solo games, and since this, did, did you? So, quick question: You've only played it solo. What are your thoughts about how it would play with higher player count? You think you would love it with players, or are you like I really love the solo and I'm happy to play a solo? So I definitely want to play with more players. I don't think I would have bought this just for solo. Okay. But I mentioned this several episodes ago. I I'm I'm loving games, solo games, where it you're still playing the same way you would normally play the game. And then you only do like one simple thing on the other side for the AI, right? Yeah. I don't like I mean. to have, I don't like a lot of upkeep. I don't like a lot of things that you have to do for them or things that change the way the game plays. This one, literally you only flip over one card every round and then it's, it's easy to remember how to move them based on where they're positioned towards those curves. It's all laid out really well. I just, I really do want to play a set of higher player count. Ah, oh, this is, this is really I thought I might like this. I didn't realize I was going to like it as much as I have so far. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, here's a question that I just am pondering and I started looking up. Okay, this is a big hit for Days of Wonder. When was the last time they had a big hit? That Are was you new. looking it up right now? I am. I'm looking on their website. and I'm Because like I was sitting there going, it's been a while, I feel like. Like, not that they had bad games, but I know they've had some that have... I mean, I think some people like the Corinth rolling right, but I don't think that like went crazy or anything. They had the river that you know, I feel like sunk, right? Like, <laughs> like it didn't have a lot of, it didn't have a lot of buzz. Yeah. You can find it for $10 anywhere. Like, not that it's a terrible game, but or anything I haven't played it even. Um, but that it just didn't seem to go anywhere. And of course they have a million ticket to rides and small worlds and stuff they keep coming out with, but I'm looking at what else they have. I think they're still riding that ticket to ride. I think train. so. I mean, that Cleopatra? really, did, did you play Cleopatra? I did not. Okay. Uh, uh-uh. 
No, that's an older game though. Um, they re- yeah, that was like somebody 20- redid that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So Deep Blue, have you played that? I have not. That got some good. I heard some good reviews on that, but it didn't really have a lot of buzz. Yeah. Now I'll say this about Heat and about Days of Wonder in general. Days of Wonder, when they get a good game, they support it really well. Yeah. Uh, Five Tribes was one that they supported pretty well. I don't know how easy it is to find that. Uh, Memoir Forty Four, they do they do reprints of all their stuff. I think every 18 months or two years or something. So even though it might be hard to find something for a while, eventually it's going to come back out and a ton of content. I think heat's going to be that next game where a ton of content is going to come out. There's so much room. Oh, I didn't mention this. There's four tracks in the base game Four, two double-sided boards, which is amazing. Like that's fantastic because there's so much replayability in that. And the, they're based on like the curves is what really matters in the game. And they do play out very differently. There's a campaign version of this game where you can like play through all those four tracks. And I think you add up points to see who wins the whole, you know, racing circuit or whatever. There's a huge stack of upgrade cards in there and I haven't even made it to that, hmm. but you can upgrade your deck too. I don't know if you do that mid game. I doubt it. I think you all, you have to do it all beforehand but I think that's going to change it quite a bit. So I, I really look forward to seeing what they do to support this. And and I've just, I mean, I'm just touching the surface of this thing because again, once I get into reading the rest of, I've just done the learn how to play book. And then there's a whole nother book with other rules with campaigns and all that stuff in there that I think is going to really boost it a lot. Okay. I got a question for you. We didn't Another do a one. We, we didn't do a poll, but I'm going to give you a poll. Not a poll. Okay. In the ticket to ride series, how many items are there i'm gonna give you a hint on the days of wonders website two of them are like let's just play pink trains and one is like alvin and dexter looks like some dinosaur or something i don't know what that is so it's a dinosaur and an alien there you go okay so including those and including the base game how many items are available for purchase or have they done I'm wanting to say, I could be wrong about this. I'm wanting to say there's like nine map packs, but there's a lot of fan-made maps that are listed on there too. I'm going to say 30. 29. What a guess. Whoa. What a guess. Okay. I thought I was overshooting by a lot, but okay. What a guess. How about Small World? Uh, I think they have about 10 things, and I don't know if there's any fan-made things, so I'll say 12. 14. You're you're killing it. All right, last one memoir 44 that's including like some little fan i think fan maps and stuff there's a lot of maps i think there's like let's say six seven eight nine six. wow wow there's got to be 20 20 22 <laughs> man i almost said 22 as well that's that's stinks. you have never guessed better in your entire life than right then if if you look at my collection and you see where I have a lot of of stuff. I have so much Ticket to Ride. I have so much Memoir 44. That's why I asked. I think I actually have everything for Small World, if I remember right. Wow. I don't have anywhere near everything for Ticket to Ride or Memoir. I don't have some of the maps, but I've got a lot of the expansion stuff. All cool. great games. There you go. So fun. Little challenge okay. in the middle of the episode. You and I will play this at some point. Even if we just play two players, you can add in the... Uh, some of those AI cards to it and just play a two player game with them. And I think that'll be worth it. But to play this with a big group, I think it's going to be a ton of fun someday. Okay, let's go. All right. What you got next? Why don't we do, uh, let's do village rails. Why don't you talk about that? Okay. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a a bit of an impromptu 
double showdown. How about that? Double showdown. Okay. Yeah, kind of. This is not as this is not as apples to apples or whatever as the other two that we're going to do. But we're going to talk about two small box. What are we talking about? Apples games. to apples? No, two oh. small box games. This one can be played four players though. The other one will be played two. But Village Rails is a Matthew Dunstan and Brett Gilbert game. How do you feel about Matthew Dunstan, Dean? He's okay. <laughs> That's, That's a joke. I love Matthew Dunstan and Brett uh, Gilbert. Both of them, their designs are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at um, you like a, gil- a Guild of Merchant Explorers was one recently that you really enjoyed, and I did too. That was good. Chocolate oh, I Factory. That, yeah, I didn't know he did Pioneer Days. That was cool. Yes, I actually just got rid of. Uh, did I? No, I got rid of that a long time ago. I think. But anyway, Elysium. How about that? I'm trying. Uh, Elysium. I'm looking at all these now. Elysium is one. I did not love when I first played it, but I played it back in, I think, 2015. And I think if I went back and played it now, I might change my mind. Yeah, it's one I've always wanted to play that I haven't played. But anyways, so in this game, um, sorry, I just lost my place. Next Station London is really fun, too. I haven't played that. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so in this game, you are going to be placing 12 cards. That's it, Dean. 12 cards and the game will be over. Uh, What you're going to be doing is... There is a row of track cards. There's also a row of trips, I believe is what they're called. And then you have a hand of three Terminus cards. Now let me explain what those are. Uh, Your Terminus cards are going to, after you complete a rail, because you're building rail in this game, your Terminus card is going to give you a certain amount of coins uh, for for having certain things on your rails, right? So if you'll get... One coin if you have, or one or two coins if you have one of this symbol on your rail. If you have two of them, though, you're going to get three coins. If you have three of them, you're going to get six coins, whatever, right? And so you're going to have three of those that you're kind of managing. Uh, The next thing is your set of rails. And if you want to take the first rail car on that row, um, row of rail cards, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. If you want to take the second card, it costs you a coin, right? If you want to take the third, it costs you two coins, and you place them on those rails. So that is why the Terminus cards are very important, because they give you flexibility on what rails to get, and then also what trips to get. And a trip is a card that's going to score you points when you complete a rail. And so instead of giving you coins like a Terminus, which you will play, on top of, you can have two trips per rail, and it may be something like, you know, you score X amount of points per this symbol on there. Or if it doesn't have any of these symbols, you're going to score four points, you know, for it or whatnot. And the rail cars are just railroads with different kinds of symbols that do different things, that score points different ways. And that's pretty much the whole game. You play 12 of them, you complete uh, seven. Yeah, seven railroads. And whoever has the most points wins. Simple. Well, yeah. well, the <laughs> gameplay and the explanation pretty simple, but the thinkiness of this one, woo, not not as simple. This is a thinky game, right? Well, it's rated, it's weighted at two, and I don't disagree with that if we're talking about rules heaviness, right? Mm-hmm. But because you're only making twelve or placing twelve railroad cards, 
and that's only 12 turns because you can you can add a trip if you want to. So you always do a rail card, rail card, and then you can do a trip if you have money. Because actually the trip cards cost three coins plus one if you take the first or none if you take the first one, one, two, three, four, so forth. So they're kind of expensive. But there's a lot of like weight on your shoulders every time you pick one, right? <laughs> You're like, I'm placing 12 of these. I better make the right decision. And yeah, it's a little stressful sometimes. Yeah. And that's a good sign of a Matthew Dunstan, Brett Gilbert design yeah. is that, you know, simple explanation, but there's a lot more to it. Uh, and that's a lot of those games, which I, that's why I like their design so much because you see, you know, that their fingerprints, that's all over it. You know, um, the yeah. things I like about this one is, is the timing part of it. So I would, uh, I don't necessarily want to complete this railroad because I yeah. want to try to get as many points or as many uh, stuff as I can. Yeah, out you want to get this. you want to get another trip, you know, get another trip card, play it down. So, oh, I yeah. get six points if I get that card. Yeah, but you can't do that because you're only playing twelve cards, and yeah. so it's it's kind of <laughs> like you know, there's a lot of these games that I tend to like. You and I have talked about it, but it's the timing part of. I can't do everything that I want. Heaven and Ale is like this. Like I have to sometimes trigger this. Just complete one. Just so that I can get something out of it and then move on and just make something exactly. else better. That's what this game is. And it's it's a really cool. Palaces of Carrara is that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yep. That's, yeah. it, that part's really cool. Yeah. I think, you know, the art is really gorgeous in this game, I believe. Right. It's I, I love the, the feel of it. It has this like vintage vibe right to the whole thing it like if you didn't know you would think it's a game from the 60s maybe or something you know and i think they did a phenomenal job with that um the little score tracks uh the little scoring what are those called dials there you go dials that each player have stellar components for a game that i got for 20 dollars. and i think for 20 bucks all that you get with it um is unbelievably good it's an osprey games game and i thought it was an absolute blast you know it's not you know, it's not like top 50 games or anything crazy like that, but for a small box with little, they have small cards. So some people like them and don't like that. I kind of liked it because it takes up less table space. I didn't kind of, I do like it. I did prefer it in this game. Um, but to give that crunchy of decisions in that little of weight. Great, man. It's fantastic. It's actually one of my favorite designs of his, if not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it's it's up there for me too. I I still think Chocolate Factory is the one that I I, I haven't quite played enjoy. that one. Um, it, this was okay. No, not the same designer, but same company. I think it's this was kind of a follow up game to Village Green, and having played Village, uh, what is the one we're talking about Rails. right now? Rails. Village Rails. Sorry, I switched over to Village Green. Having played that, I went back and watched some videos on Village Green, and now I really want to try that because it looks it looks cool too. Just that simple card play with a lot of really crunchy decisions. Yeah. I, have you looked much into that one? No. Okay. All right. It's we might awful. have to we might have to get this one too and check it out. Maybe we'll do a show a showdown between those two. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. one's Pierre Sylvester, and so I don't know how which uh, some big games you know like The King Is Dead and Brian Boru. Um, so big hitters with that one too. What would you what would you give this after one play? I would say probably somewhere around an eight. I don't know exactly where that is. Yeah. I, I give it seven and a half or eight. I'm not sure. Yeah. Now the problem with it is I don't know what would knock it for me is I just don't know who I'm gonna play this with. I yeah, don't think I my agree wife would that. like it. It's too thinky for something that is not supposed to I don't know, you would think is not that thinky. 
you and I will play this one and, and really I enjoy so. it. I think so. But I don't it, need to pick it's this pretty up. Short. It's like yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. And, and I, I do think that if there's a situation where we just have like a shorter amount of time, want to play a game, this would definitely be a choice that would rise to the top. Yep. Yep. And now throw this other one in the mix that you want to talk about this other small box game, which could fit that same niche a little bit. That's Splendor Duel. Tell Splen- us about that one. Well, I mean, Splendor's a game that I actually brought back out for the first time in actually years, I think. Like, <laughs> it's been a long time. My wife and I brought it out a a month ago and said, let's play Splendor again. We haven't played that. And I think probably with Splendor Duel coming out, it made me think about it. And I, I actually really liked it. It I felt like it really held up super well because I expected, you know, oh, well, let's just play it again. It won't be that good. But I just, in Splendor, I like the simplicity of the engine building. And what I really like is how fast turns are. I'm a pretty big fast turn guy game. Like, I think that, you know, uh, oh, there's something else that we played. Oh, like Mosaic. Like Mosaic is one of those that I feel like have pretty fast turns. And I think that's why it was, I rated it so high. Um, and so Splinter Duel is going to have a little bit slower turns. Would you Would you agree with that probably, Dean, than regular Splinter? <laughs> Much slower for you? I don't know. It, probably because there is more to think about with that, like that's with right. how you take those chips. So yeah, probably right. so. Yeah. So what you'll do is you're going to be, it's very much like Splendor. I guess if you don't know what it is, I'll kind of explain. Um, so you're going to be taking uh, these chips from a, you know, a grid, I guess. And you have to take three in a row, whether that's diagonally, horizontally, or um, vertically. And there can't be gaps in between them, right? So if there's a gap, then if you have like two and then there's a gap and then another one, you could take the two, but you can't take all three because you can't do that. You also can't take... Um, what are they called? Gold cards, uh, gold coins as well, which are wild. And it's the same thing as in regular Splendor. They're wild. But you're going to be using those to then buy cards. And as you buy cards, you're going to be building an engine, right? So if you bought a couple diamond cards, the next time you want to buy a card that costs three diamonds, well, you already have two. You only need one diamond chip to be able to do that. And so the game really ramps up and you're getting stuff for not very many chips anymore, potentially, or very valuable ones. Um, as the game goes on. But what's different in this game are a few things. Number one is the way that you get the chips. You can't just say, I'm going to take these two or, you know, I'm going to take one of these, one of these, one of these, like you can in regular Splendor. This is that, so that slows down the game a little bit. Uh, you know, we'll talk about whether that's good or bad. But also in the game, there's three ways to win. So in Splendor, it was just straight up, you score a certain amount of points and the game's over. This is you get 20 points or you get 10 crowns, which they're crowns on the cards, or you get 10 points all in one row, like for, with emeralds or rubies or whatnot. And so I think that is really cool that there's three different ways to win the game. But then on top of that, you also have these things called privileges and there's ways to get them depending on what gets taken from the grid. But like one of the big ways is Dean wants to refill the grid because there's not many pieces on there for him to pick from. He says, I'm going to refill it. That gives me a privilege and the privilege is ultra simple. I can just spend at the beginning of my turn to grab any of the um, chips or whatever from the board, except for the golden coin. And you get the gold coins by just reserving one very similarly to, or just like the other splendor. So that's basically it. There's a few other little nuances, but Dean, what'd you think about Splendor Duel? This is only a two player game, which is why it's called Splendor Duel. (laughs) (laughs) Clarify. Uh, Quite the astute observation. We should come up with a game called something dual, but it's like four to six players (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) Uh, That'd be good. Um, So I do not dual. Splendor is a game that I like quite a bit. In fact, we've been playing 
uh, Marvel Splendor a lot in our house, which is really similar. It's got a couple of different changes that might be f- similar changes that were made in the expansion to the original Splendor. I'm not sure, but but this one is is more unique than I thought it was going to be, and it really comes in taking those chips is the, is the starting place of, of where that is. Like you talked about how how you get those. You can't just go take whatever chips you want. You have to take what's available out there. Sometimes that means you're going to get three. Sometimes it means you're only going to get two or maybe even one, but you might really need that chip. And so it's worth it for you to do that. I like that you have those privileges that allow you to do an extra thing because sometimes in dual games, like in Seven Wonders Duel, it stinks that I want to do this thing, but I also want to do this thing right after that. And I can't do that. And the privileges help with that. Uh, There's things in Seven Wonders Duel that helps with that too by the way, but I, I like that. I like that you add that. The game is tense. Um, I think this is uh, I think this is a game, what I'm seeing is a lot more people like this over Splendor. I don't know if I'm there yet, but part of it is I need to get more plays of it in, and I will. I, I'm going to pick this one up. I just, last time I went to Game Point, they were out of it, so I'm going to go mm. uh, I need to just check with Rick, but I'm gonna, whenever they get it back in stock, I'm going to go up there and, and pick one up, because I I like it quite a bit. Yeah, I was really, really wanting this one. Uh, I think it was twenty five bucks, twenty four dollars, or something like that, which is cool. It's the components are stellar in this game, by the way. Um, it's got, it's just cute, isn't it? You open up the box, and you're like, yeah. oh, it's Mini yep. Splendor, <laughs> and it just feels cute. You got the little privileges that are nice, and everything. It's done really well for the price. Let me say that. Um, I at first play, I liked it. We had fun. But I was like, mm, I kind of missing the peppy, fast decisions of Splendor. Like, boom, I just take that. Boom, you just go. Boom, I just go. Because there's more thinkiness to this game. The second time I played it, I liked it a lot more because I realized maybe it wasn't as... I guess I had wrapped my mind around like the three ways to win better and all that kind of stuff as I was playing and I was good to go. I lost. Um, my wife beat me fairly easily, actually. I still had several things to go. And I thought it was really cool. I like it. I don't know if it's a keeper or maybe it definitely is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with it a little bit. Oh, maybe I don't need to buy it. Just give it to me. I'll take it. Maybe. I mean, I'll, my wife really liked it, actually. So, Okay, you need to hold on to that then. We'll see. Like, I, I would like to play it a couple more times. Um, the funny thing is, is when I'm playing it, I'm going, I'd rather play Seven Wonders Duel. And I know that they're different games, you know, but it just gives me like that feel of like maybe just because it's called Duel, maybe because it's two player. And I just I just kept thinking, yeah, Seven Wonders Duel is just more fun. Um, that's probably just a weird thing for me because they're not, you know, they're not the same game at all. But I, I still did really like it. And it would be hard for me not to recommend someone to pay twenty five dollars to go pick it up and give it a try. It was yep. it was solid. It was a very solid. I give it like a seven and a half, eight as well probably so the 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 quick showdown would say which one of these did you like you like better that's my first question let me let me say one thing before we move on to to that so um did you mention the designers i didn't hear you say that oh um, no i didn't it's antoine bowser helped um that's right mark andre or whatever right yeah they, or that's no right. that's bruno cathal sorry bruno cathal though uh, i'm sorry i was looking at antoine bowser who yeah, yeah did that yep yeah, bruno cathal who you, you see the fingerprints. Uh, you say they're different. Sure. Seven Wonders Duel is That's different true. from this game, but there are there are some similarities in in these two. 
that can't be ignored. The different, the different ways you can win and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I, I really like that about this one. I would say overall, my guess is that I'm probably going to, I would crown Splendor Duel King over these two down the road. Now, right at this very moment, I think I prefer v- Village Rails different reasons. I think if you're just saying, which one do you like better? I'd say probably Village Rails. But I think over time, Splendor Duel, the more plays I get, I'll probably end up liking it more. It's just more approachable and I know that I'm going to get more plays of it. Yeah, I think I have a very similar thoughts. Yeah, I think they're both about the same for me. Like cool games, I I enjoy them. Um, I think if you ask me right now what I would rather play, I'd probably say Village Rails. But I think I could get more people to play Splendor Duel. Um, and that's, that's the approachability that you're talking about. So I'm seeing a lot of people say that dice tower is a good example of this. If you watch dice towers review of splendor duel, I thought, I thought it was fascinating because you had a lot of people that don't love splendor, but loved splendor duel. And in fact, I I I think is one that she really didn't like it. And this was her top 10 in her top 10 games of the year, Splendor Duel. So, I mean, that that jump is quite a bit. And I think it's the same for a lot of people with Seven Wonders and Seven Wonders Duel. There were a lot of people who who were okay on it, but maybe didn't love it, but love Seven Wonders Duel. I think this mm-hmm. has that same kind of splash that that one had. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with just like, Splendor is just super simple engine builder, right? Yeah. And I think that some people were like, there's nothing exciting about it too much and this and this does this adds that three different ways to score should i take the crown should i you know should i build the engine right now should i take the points as fast as i can should i go you know should i hold off and not refill this bag because i want i don't want to give her privilege to dean because that's an extra token right like it's it's it is definitely more thinky and so i could super see people saying that so yeah okay both good man we're talking about a lot of like not home runs, but really solid games today. Let's say I'm forcing you out of all these games. I need you to pick your top like two, three, three games, top three games. We haven't talked about the other two yet. Oh, you want to wait? Want to wait till the very how end? About, let's, that'll be our secret. Okay, there we how go. How about that? So at the very end, just remember. Don't, don't hey. Dear. Just remember to stay with us until the but, very end. Yeah, just... If you didn't know yet, Meeple Town, we're kind of like a Marvel movie, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Double credits? Mm. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Let's get on to our showdown today. Long shot the and dice game. Town. And I read a sad bet. Oh, gosh. Please never do that again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the moment you've been waiting for, where we will pit similar games against each other and each decide which one is the best. This is the showdown in Meepletown. Let's first talk about Long Shot the Dice Game, which is a dice game that is also a roll and write game. Are you talking about that? Yeah, I mean, when you first told me about it, I said, I might like it, but it's going to be a long shot. Ah. Uh, that's good that's pretty good okay this is a one to eight player game designed by chris handy who is the designer of uh long shot and uh, (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's wow no he's designed other games cinque terre uh there's other ones yeah i don't know that one i don't know that one at all i think those are those uh what do you call those games 
the small like gum. Yeah, that's size what they of are. a pack of a gum. That's right. What do you call those? I just well, saw those were, at Barnes and Noble the other day. Many of them are Oink games, but this one isn't. Yeah, don't they have a special name for them though? Anyway, bubble gum. They games. look like a pack of gum, and they sell them at Barnes and Noble still. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. In this game, you are going to be rolling dice and you're going to be using those dice to determine how far the horses are going to move along the track. But basically, you are going to be betting on these horses and also buying the horses and hoping that they win because you want to be the one with the most money at the end of the game. On top of that, whenever you move the horses with those dice rolls, you're also going to cross off things on your board. Some of that is going to be using the the number and the color to... Um, to uh boost the sorry i'm trying to think sorry bet is the word i'm looking for to bet on the horses you might say i'm gonna bet three dollars that this horse is gonna win or up to three dollars you can use the money for that or the dice for that you can use it to buy a helmet which allows you to bet even though you've passed the bet line you can buy a jersey which will allow you to what does the jersey do again do you remember Oh, cross off an X for the extra movement that you get from rolling the horses. Yep. Sorry. Okay. Could help. There we go. You can cross off numbers, which will allow you to basically like if you fill out a row or a column with those numbers, then you can get special boosts like more money or you can move certain horses or you can gain a jersey or a helmet or other things that you can do there. And then you can... Um, Yep, keep doing that, all that stuff over and over again. At the end of the game, you're going to look at the top three horses and they're going to give you money based on bets that you've placed, whether or not you own those horses. Uh, You'll get points from crossing off a helmet and a jersey on the same number horse. And I'm sure there's other ways to get money, but that's really the gist of it. You're going to add up the points or add up your money and whoever has the most money at the end of the game is going to be the winner. What'd you think of this one? Okay, um... I thought it was interesting. Like, I mean, you got the horses that are going around and it's, you know, as you'll see with ready, set, bet, and there's plenty of the other games that like, you're kind of that tension of, um, how to bet, when to bet, right. When it just comes to the dollar amount, do I want to spend a lot of these to go ahead and just up the bid on number eight horse? Do I want number eight horse to come around the bend and being, you know, in for close first place or close closer to that before I start betting heavily. Oh wait, if I do that, then maybe the dice rolls aren't going to come in my favor. Right. That's kind of the, the big gist of the game. Um, and that tension in between that, I, I thought it was fine. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but it didn't do anything crazy for me, Dean. I, I, I don't know. Like you can get the powers. That's kind of cool. Right. If you buy a horse, you kind of have this little power. I like that. Should you buy the horse? Managing your money is 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 fairly interesting because you know you're spending money on a lot of things in the game. Um, you buy a horse and that could take up almost all your money. <laughs> Maybe it's worth it. You know, it can be scoring yeah. a lot of points at the end. You better buy the right one um, or give you that really good special power. Um, so I, it's just one of those games to me that was fun. I it kind of is like beer and bread. Fun. I think they did a good job with the game, but it's a little little forgettable. Like okay, but if you want to play, if you want to play, I'd probably say I'd rather. I'd probably, I, 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 mm, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't be one of my top choices or anything. Okay, let me throw another another point of view in this. I guess so. 
the tenseness in this game is there because you do have these horses that you're betting and potentially you're betting, like if you're going all in on this one horse to win, you've bought the horse, you're placing tons of bet on them, uh, tons of money, you're betting a lot of money on them. You are really cheering them on whenever they're moving along or, you know, sometimes you can move them backwards and you're like, oh, why'd you do that? Why'd you move that horse backwards? Um, anytime one horse moves, this horse might move if you've crossed off their number on that other horse, which is really cool. So there's a lot of tenseness in this. Yep. There's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot of that in this one. It's difficult now because we're doing a showdown, we're talking about two games that are betting on horses. So I'm going to go ahead and start talking about ready, set, bet so that we can start comparing and talking about all of those things. I thought I might've revealed too many cards on that one, but that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. So John Declare is, is the designer of Ready Set Bet. Now Ready Set Bet is a game. I you declare. Have... That's John probably declare. The... That would have been a way better way to start this off. Good job. That was a good joke, John. I think that that fits, especially with the the theme of this. That's what somebody at a horse race would say. Mm-hmm. Do it again. I know. Uh, I, I'm going to do it randomly while you're talking about okay, the game. That'll work. That'll work. Okay. So in this game, John by the way, Declare. John Declare <laughs> is a fabulous designer. One of becoming one of my favorites, honestly, because of all the games that I play. Wow, that are that's fantastic. A big. That is a. That is a look at all the games he's made, though. Like everything looking, I play, I tend to really enjoy. I don't know if my favorite, but I don't know. Maybe like top fifteen. Which you like is, space space a lot. Yep, like space space a lot. Mm. Ecos, Ecos is fantastic. Do you like? Did you like Mystic Veil vale or no? I've only played the app version and I really enjoyed it, but not enough to buy it. So yeah. I think I'd probably like it more if I played it in person. Have you played Dead Reckoning? That's one that is one I really, really want to play. Yeah. Okay, but okay. no. Okay, so in this one, it is a real-time betting game. So again, you're betting on horses, and everyone's got these numbers, and the numbers that you're laying down are multipliers. And let's say the race starts. By, by the way, if you're playing this game with a base version of the game, you've got one person who's rolling the dice and moving horses along. If you roll certain horses, like your 11-12 horse or whatever, if you roll that horse number twice in a row, they're going to get a boost of like three speed or something like that. So the more you roll those numbers, the better odds they are to move up. So it's not like the seven is going to win every time. The likelihood of that seven getting rolled is higher, but you can get bigger boost if you roll doubles of those other numbers. So that's that's one thing to keep in mind. Now, if you're playing it that way, that's fine. But what John and I enjoy doing is using the app. There's an app that does the rolling for you so that everyone can be in on the betting and it's calling out the numbers for you, telling you like it's it gives you like the the background noise and it feels like you're at a race. So I prefer to use the app than to actually have somebody rolling. 10 dice. million percent. Yep. Okay. And you can play with the lower player count, which is helpful as well. Although I would most of the time want to play this with a higher player count. Now, at the end of each race, you're going to um, add up your winnings. So if I laid down a three on the winning horse on like a four multiplier, I'm going to get $12 for that. You're also maybe going to lose points if uh, lose money if you bet in the wrong places. And so it's possible that you don't you don't get any money, right? It's possible that you lose everything after all of your winnings. In fact, the first time I played, I think that I finished the game three rounds of this with like $6 or something like that. It was not very much. It was hilarious. It was pretty, it was pretty it bad. It was awful. 
It was um, like me playing Heaven and Hell for the first time. But, <laughs> but, but even worse, because even <laughs> I scored like six points on that. Yeah. This was... I, would, I would agree with that. It was worse than that. Uh, especially because you can score in the hundreds on this one. And yeah. I scored like six Yeah, that's $6. what I was thinking. <laughs> Um, now what you want to do probably is delay some of the, of the betting, but there's a pusher luck because you won once three horses cross over the no betting line, you can't bet anymore. So you want to get all your numbers out before that. And sometimes you forget that that timer is about to run out, or sometimes you just, it happens before you expect it to. Also, you want to delay it a little bit because you don't want to put the bet down too early and then that horse have no chance of winning. And there's also, there's tons of different betting things that come out. Some will say if the, you know, if the number six horses pass the number seven and eight horse or something like that, then you you can bet on that. There's the tons of things you can bet on. You also are going to get special abilities after the first round. So that everyone's going to get these cards to choose from and put them into, um, into play. And it might give you an extra chip to, to bet with. It might give you, uh, I don't know. It might allow you to take a money anytime a six is uh, or a two or a 12 is rolled or something like that. So there's lots of other things that come into play with those special cards, but that's the gist of it. Whoever has the money at the end of all those rounds is going to be the winner. I said three, I think it's actually four races. I think that's right. I think it's four races. Is that right? Mm. Mm. I'm not looking at I it right look now. At the Sorry. Board. If you see the board, you can tell because it's how many cards Sport. go out. Yeah, Sport. four. Yeah. Four races. Um, okay, so let's talk about these two racing games, John. Okay, so Ready, Set, Bet was, you know, one that, you know, we played, you know, one morning with some friends. And Dean has been talking about this a lot. Uh, this is one that Patreon Money bought. Um, and I just wasn't super intrigued, uh, you know. Not that I was like against it or anything. It just I wasn't like there's just games like that, right, Dean? Like I'll buy games and you buy. It's fun. No, you'll probably be like, yeah, I'll play it with you, but I'm not super excited. And that was one of those. Um, but I was as soon as he pulled it up in the app, and I heard the horse racing sounds in the back. Yeah. <laughs> then it doesn't have that sound. But you feel like you were there, right? Yeah. Like I'm at the racetracks right now. Um. Yeah, and the thing said go. Well, the first time, you, I think most people probably I did played a little too frantic. <laughs> like this down, <laughs> well, we gotta get it out down. there. Gotta get it out there, and you know all the chips are almost all out, and there's still like eighty percent of the race you know to be had. And so, but that's not a good way to play it. Uh, but as you're, you know, the more you play it, and that tension between let me go bet on this eight horse right now because i could get that highest spot you know to get the biggest multiplier and the oh let's wait kind of like what i mentioned in long shot but this was just way more interesting and fun to me right like number one it was easier to teach agree or disagree with that dean yes okay very easy to teach very yeah. easy easier especially to because teach. you don't get your special cards until after the first race which yeah. is brilliant i love yeah. that they do that I agree with that. So you can just focus on the betting. Yeah. Um, very easy. But I, there's definitely skill involved because there's so many things to bet on. And in fact, I don't know if I'm even that good to like wrap my mind around all of them even now. And I've played the game like four or five times. Like I kind of have to hone in on a couple sections of the board, kind of maybe remember some of the ones on the bottom. But when there's three or four on the bottom, five new ones up top, and then all the normal stuff, like it's a lot. It can be a little bit. I don't know. Maybe you're just smart, Dean, and it's not that. 
but I no, I like it's, it's more it. plays. The last time I I played and I won, but I played against people that had never played before. I I had a lot of points from placing bets on those bottom three yeah. uh, that were out there, which there was or, or however many were out out there at the time. The prop bets, which are the ones that are at the top. I rarely bet on those because it's too much to think about for my brain. But Dean likes to score lots of points on his bottom. That's basically the, what happens. Yeah, there we go. There, there we go. go. Um, and but I, I really okay. Here comes Johnny. You know, this is a lighter weight game. I bought this one. Now let's let the cards on the table. I'll let the chips fall where they may. Ah. I'm betting on the long shot. Not the long that long shot. Ready, set, bet. Uh, <laughs> so much fun. I brought it out with my family at um i actually borrowed it that's right i borrowed it from dean first at thanksgiving and everyone loved it like they were like wow my wife who does not like real-time games really generally she liked kites though okay okay she was like wow that was fun you know with ready set but i think it's the immersive experience man you like feel like you're at a racetrack you hear the sounds the horses are going you're placing your bets I super get why people hype this one up because it's great. Yeah. Now my wife has not played this one and she watched us play it. She was like, I really don't think I would like that one. My sister-in-law who played this with us over Thanksgiving as well. She did not like it and she did play it, but Mm. her husband, my brother-in-law loved this game. He's like, this is one of my favorite games. I mean, he was was ordering it right then on the spot because he loved it. Yeah. And his, uh, uh, my niece played with this as well. And I think she enjoyed it as well. So it is, it is a very specific, again, going back to these other ones like kites. And I think we talked about another one in there. These real time games are not for everybody at all. Yeah. But this one, it's a different kind of frantic. You're not having to do things the entire time. You're just having to be aware of where the horses are and you want to place your bets before other people do. The more the merrier in this one too, because like that makes it that much crazier. And then you have to start betting on those fringe bet places just so that you can get some tokens out there. If you're playing with, this is two to nine players. If you're playing with a smaller player count, you can afford to get by with just betting on the winners and, you know, just betting on the top three horses, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't do that in a higher player count. You're going to have to start paying attention to more of these these spots, which I, I think is really cool too, yeah. because the other spots are great and they can give you a ton of money, but you just have to be looking at them. Like you have to pay attention to what's going yeah. on. This game is so frantic, so tense, hoot and holler. This is top of the list of like mancation games. I always talk about that group that I play. Mm-hmm. They're going to love this game. This is going to be a huge hit when we play yeah. next summer. I'm pumped. That's right. Yep. Now, I think we know with John where you land on which one you prefer. It's ready, set, bet. I mean, hand, right? I mean hands down, there's no, yeah, there's no, yeah. And that's not to say that long shot was bad. It wasn't bad, you know. Yeah. But it was. Here's, but, but this was way better, to my opinion. Here's the problem, though. We played ready, set, bet first. Long shot, the dice game <laughs> came out came out before ready, set, bet did. They're both tense betting games, but when you ra- add that real time elements. And just crazy fun. Ah, man, it's not even close for me. It's not close. I've seen a lot of people put long, uh, long shot the dice game on their top list for the Mm -hmm. year. I don't, I don't get that. It's fine. It's a fine game, but I just think that ready, set, bet coming out in the same year was really, 
that was bad timing. It seems like, you know, because ready, set bet for me is, is head and shoulders way, way above long shot. The dice game. Yeah. Ready, set bets. I don't know. Probably going to make my top 10 of the year as well. Not like high, but it's, it's probably going to be on there. It's really cool. I think, yeah, I agree. Um, you think it's going to make your list? There's a decent chance. Yeah. There was so many good games this year. Yep, and there's still a couple more that we need to play, too. We're hoping to get our list out in the not-too-distant future, by the way, so um, we'll be playing a few last-minute games to to solidify this. I think we'll be two episodes away from that, right? Yep, I think that's right. Yep. I think that's I right. I think we're going to do... I mean, I, I don't get mind telling. I think we'll do, hopefully, Talatum and Palaces of Carrara next week. Yep. And maybe some other stuff, and then following those, because I need to play Talatum. Uh, though, I mean, the way Dean talks about heat, I think I wouldn't mind playing that before. You, you'll definitely need to play that before we do our top list. Yeah. Not that I don't know if it's going to make it, but I think you'll you'll like it quite a bit. But there's a couple of Woodcraft and um, uh, what is uh, Brazil Imperial is another one that I'd like to play. There's there's a couple. Whether we get those played or not, yeah, I don't know. Not. Yeah, but but well, uh, I'll, I'll also play Caper Europe, and I want Dean to play that. That's all I'm going to say. That's a 2022 game, so. Z's number one game of the year. So anyway, yeah. let's get back to this before we close out the episode. So we're both, for us, it's it's not even close. It's not a comparison. It's it's a long shot that Ready Set Bet is above. No long shot. That is, that's game. not. That's not. It's not working out. That right? doesn't. No, that was okay. terrible. Okay. Man, I can't think of anything else. I mean, it's it's. Yep, that's it's set. It's locked in. Our our, our bets are locked in on on Ready Set Bet. Right? Is that better? I guess I don't know. It's fine. Nothing. Okay. I'm, so glad, anyway, I'm glad you. I'm glad you made me. I'm glad you made me play that. I probably wouldn't have picked it. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody was excited about playing it that morning that we all played it, and I. Yep. Everyone I, liked it a lot. I right? think everyone really enjoyed that one quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to getting more plays of that one in, and let's wrap up this episode before we uh, share some secret stuff at the end. Okay. <laughs> oh. Dang it, stop. How can people get in touch with us? All right. If you're enjoying our channel, we would love for you to uh, to subscribe. Can you, yeah, you can subscribe to the podcast, right? Um, ask for notifications. Give us a little rating. I haven't checked ratings in a while. Has anyone given us a rating recently, Dean? I don't think so. Okay. We need more. Yeah, we need more. Uh, if you want to follow us on the socials, it's at Meepletown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we are patreon.com slash Meepletown, and then we're something about a cup of coffee. I don't know. Something Dean did. <laughs> are you serious yeah i don't know so it's uh buy me a cup of coffee i'm sorry not a cup of coffee buy me a coffee.com slash mepletown nine the number nine nine okay and board game geek guild 3407 thanks for coming down <laughs> to mepletown so i'm supposed to give you my top three games of these here's one of the problems i closed out of them as we were as we were going through them because my, all my tabs were kind of stressing me out. So I got to think through what all that we talked about today. Um, do you, what are your three? Why I'm doing this? So since we just talked about it, I would say ready, set, bet. This is not in any order. Yeah. I don't think. Um, so ready, set, bet. I would say heat would be next. And then probably kites, honestly. Ooh. Man, this it's this is tough because there's a lot of them are so similar in in ratings for me, right? Like I feel like I'm going to let something off the list 
But if I'm just like, what do I want to play right now? That's the way I'm going to go for it. I would probably say, um, I'll probably would say kites. Okay. And I, 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 I might say Luxaturna. Really? Wow. Did not expect that. And I don't know whether I would say Ready, Set, Bet or Village Rails. Ah, that's so hard because it depends on who I'm playing with. Yep. Like, that's that's the hard part. So if I'm playing with just a bunch of, like, you just want to have fun, I would put Race at Bet there and really high on that list. If I were playing with, like, gamer friends, I'd probably say, let's play some Village Rails. Yep. Yeah. I'm kind of with you. And then, honestly, like, Skull King was fantastic. Oh, yeah, so it was, was great. Village Rails, so it was yeah. Thunder Duel. All of those were, were I feel really like good. almost all these games, besides just a few that I didn't like as much, are in that, like, seven and a half to eight. Like, yep. cool game, fun game. Don't know if it'll stay in my collection forever. Okay, answer this. Which game stays in your collection the longest out of all the ones we talked about today? Oh. Uh, e. Ready, Ready, set, set bet. bet. Ready, yeah, set, bet. Yeah. I think so. I think it's just unique enough and uh, too many people want to play it for me to be able to toss that one. I agree. There we go.